When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, I think, yeah, we're live. We're doing it. Yo, let's do down. We're, we're, we're in it. Uh, this is the official first episode uh, that Mikey is absent, as you can see. Uh, he's gallivanting in Charlotte uh, with the Bridgeport Islanders with like group of 80 or 90 people uh, doing the damn thing. Uh, so I don't know how this is going to go. This could get really weird. Uh, essentially, they've given me a live mic to talk to two guys that are from Montreal. And if Mikey thinks that he's not going to hear me talk for 10 to 15 minutes about the Montreal screw job and Bret Hart, then he's wrong. <laughs> positively am. But, uh, dude, we're here with our homie Sucker Punch. Again, uh, from Montreal, Quebec, apparently is the way you're supposed to say it, not Quebec oui, oui. like, like <laughs> Americans do. Uh, but we're here with Sucker Punch. We got Jonathan and Terry chilling with us. We got uh, Jonathan who uh, slap at a bass, and then we've got Terry who plays some guitar. Boys, thank you for joining us. Appreciate you being here with us. What's going on? Well, first off, uh, thanks for inviting us. It's pretty sick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this, is, this, is a, this is a super cool thing. Um, and uh, bear with me if uh, my dog barks a bunch. That's just what she she loves to do. Uh, but yeah, I'm really pumped that you guys are here. Um, you know, it's not often that uh, we get to uh, chat with uh, with bands from uh, like specifically the like Quebec as a province. Um, I think we've only had maybe like one or two on before, so it's kind of cool. Um, just out of curiosity, uh, are are either you guys speak French at all? Uh, we, we both speak French. French. Yeah, I do. Awesome. I wish I did. But uh, I feel like that's, um, you know, kind of a, a staple. And, you know, forgive me, I've, I've never been north of the border yet, sadly. Uh, but, um, you know, if there's one thing I know, you know, in, with Canada in general, it seems like Montreal is just one of those places where I feel like it's almost a prerequisite to, to be bilingual. Uh, would, you, would you guys kind of say that that's the case? Yeah, I, I would say definitely. It's uh, like the province is, is I would say, majority majoritarily French, mm -hmm. but uh, Montreal is kind of this crazy hybrid city where it's 50-50, uh, English, French. The rest of Canada, mostly English, little pockets of French here and there. So we cool. kind of have, uh, we're kind of like unique in North America that we're a fully bilingual city. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's very interesting. Um, like we, we, we speak, uh, we call it franglais, which means like French and English mixed together. So we okay. kind of mix the two languages and go back and forth, use the slang from all of it. So we, we have like our own little, our little language here. Awesome. That, I, that, that's, that's super cool. I, um, <clears throat> I think, um, you know, like I said, it is, 
probably one of the, you know, as far as like, you know, North America is concerned, you know, the U S and Canada, it's, uh, it's very, very unique. I think that's really, really cool. Um, so I guess, uh, before we kind of dive into talking a little bit of, of sucker punch and, um, you know, uh, the, the couple of singles that you guys have out and, you know, the genesis of the band, um, I would just kind of love to hear, you know, from two Montreal boys about what, uh, like, you know, the pop punk ethos is in Montreal. Like, I'd just kind of love to hear about, um, you know, where you guys are going to shows, uh, how, you know, the scene is developed. Uh, and I guess, you know, maybe we'll start with Jonathan. Like, what are your first memories of kind of getting into alternative or, or pop punk and, um, you know, in the area? And, you know, what would you say that it, uh, you know, it's like? Well, there's a place called uh, Les Foufons Electriques down Montreal on St. Catherine. It's a big, well, it, it's, it's, it's an old school bar that used to have a lot of uh, pop, pop punk, hardcore punk rock bands that plays a, not necessarily local, but mostly kind of, uh, how would you say, semi-ish big bands that used to play there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really known for yeah. like, uh, like big bands playing their first concert yeah. in the city there. Like Nirvana played there. Yeah, true. Oh, wow. they awesome. blew up. So yeah. I used to go there when I turned 18. Okay. Legal age to drink here is, is 18 to go to bars. So uh, I started, started to go there uh, maybe <laughs> almost once a week. So uh, that's my first uh, memory. Watching pop punk bands uh, going live was very, very fun. That's awesome. Now, what, what uh, as, far as, um, as far as tours are concerned... Um, you know, I know, uh, you know, you kind of are, are part of that East Coast loop, or at least you can be. Um, you know, I know it's a lot easier when we talk to a bunch of Canadian bands. I know it's a lot easier, uh, you know, to travel into Canada from the U.S. than the opposite yeah. direction. Um, you know, we've got our buddies in this uh, great band called uh, The Crease Rule, who are from Ontario, who um, are actually uh, joining a bunch of bands en route down to uh, this festival that we're doing called the Bar Down Breakfast. Um, and uh, th they just kind of gave us the the lay of the land on all of the nonsense it took for them to get their visas, and we had to write up contracts and all this stuff, and it was just like a crazy headache. And you know, it, it kind of makes me feel bad bad for bands that especially are kind of uh, just starting out, or you know, don't really have the money to apply for for visas, and they just you know can't get into the states, and and that that's kind of a bummer. So, um, I mean, you know. Do you find that as far as, um, you know, American tours are concerned, do you find that a, a lot of them stop in Montreal or, or for the most part, or some of them kind of skip in those areas just for, for the fact of not being able to route it appropriately or having issues getting there? I, I think Montreal used to be like a hotbed. Uh, right. I mean, like we used to have Warp Tour uh, up until maybe two years before they stopped it. They just took the Montreal date away. Oh, wow. um, and, and I don't know from there, it's, 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 it's been a bit tougher to get, um, to, you know, we, we get skipped over quite a bit. So, uh, <laughs> you know, as, as Montrealers who are obviously big music fans, it's either you drive down to New York, uh, to go check out the show or, uh, so, you know, often it'll be in Toronto. Toronto is a pretty big, uh, city and, and gets most of the tours, uh, but okay. like in, in the last like the last couple uh, of months, there's there's been quite a few cool shows in Montreal. Like uh, Kenny Oopla just came. Nice. Uh, be Stand Atlantic that's coming soon. Uh, uh, our girl Avril just came to Montreal. 
Sweet. Uh, yeah, like uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, with this like new punk and stuff, um, it, it's going to hit Montreal as, as, as hard as it's hitting you guys in the States and yeah. we're going to start getting some, some of those dope concerts because, you know, in, in, in the 2010s to, to 2020 era of pop punk, that's mm-hmm. a great era of pop punk, but less oh, yeah. popular, less mainstream. Sure. We were getting a bit less of the uh, of the concerts, and, and mm-hmm. we had to to make road trips. I mean, no, road trips are fun, but yeah. it's cool to go home and yeah. sleep in your bed also after the show. <laughs> oh, for sure. And and you know that's another that's another tough thing. And I mean, it's a small microcosm, but you know, I, I've been in Orlando, Florida. You know, I grew up in New York. I you know from, from Long Island, and you know that was never a problem because you know every tour that you'd ever want to see, even if they didn't come onto the island, you know they would be either in Brooklyn or Manhattan. You know. Uh, but Florida is one of those funky things, right? Where a lot of tours, because the whole idea with Florida, unless you're doing um, geographically like the Florida panhandle, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, you got to go south and then you got to come back north. Like you have no no option. So Orlando being in central Florida, you know, there are a lot of tours that are gracious enough to come because Orlando is a big market, uh, as is, you know, Fort Lauderdale and Miami, which is even further south. But the trouble thing, the troubling thing with that is, you know, if you go, you know, let's say, you know, if you're routing a tour, let's say you're going north to south, right? It's much easier to say, okay, well, we're going to stop in Jacksonville and then we're going to go to, I don't know, Pensacola. And then you can just drive right into, you know, Alabama and Louisiana from there. Whereas if you go to Orlando, you know, you're going, you know, two hours south and then Miami is another three, three and a half. So it's almost like you got to build the time in to get in and get back out. Um, so, you know, geographically that, that that's an issue, but um, you know, I, I think that the cool thing about Montreal is, uh, you know, it's a from what, what I'm from what I understand, it's an old it's an old city. Right. And there's so much history there. And I feel like it's just um, such a cool place for for bands to go if they haven't had the opportunity just because there's so much going on there. Uh, and then, of course, you know, you've got, you know, the Habs that are, you know, essentially a, like a Canadian. Yeah, exactly. They're like a Canadian uh you know, like institution, you know? So, I mean, like, it's like, if you, you know, you go there and even if you're not a hockey fan, if you're, you know, gracious enough to somehow, you know, get tickets to get into uh, the bell, bell center, it is right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that, yeah. yeah. Which is, which from what I've heard is like, apparently it's like getting tickets or getting season tickets is like the equivalent of like being a Dallas Cowboy fan, you know, American football in the NFL and trying to get season tickets. It's almost impossible. I heard it's, <laughs> grandfather down right that's that's kind of there's a waiting list there's a waiting list and you have to pay to be on the waiting list oh, that's so you're paying 200 dollars a year uh-huh. to to wait and except, except for this year in return except for this year people were giving almost giving their tickets to a yeah, I yeah, today's yeah. a good. This year is a good year to move up in the in the waiting list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I, you know, I, there, that's something that I think a lot of NHL teams go through is the whole idea of of you know the, the the fickle fan base. But I mean, I feel like when you look at the Canadians and you look at the Leafs and like you know teams like that that again have you know the you know essentially their original six and I mean the the Canadians. I mean far beyond that. You know, we're around in the tens or you know whenever before the NHL actually existed Mm. you know there are probably generations of people who have been Habs fans and Leafs fans and you know it's a lot different than uh you know kind of what's going on with some of these newer teams and and far be it for me to you know to jump on Preds fans or Knights fans or anything like that because those cities are raucous when it comes to you know having hockey uh which is a great thing but I mean just like I said the institutionalized 
feeling of hockey up there. It's just so much different. So I guess if you could just share a little bit about that too, just cause we're on the topic, um, you know, being Canadians fans, being from Montreal, like what, what hockey is, because I think in America, you know, still hockey is viewed as like the counterculture sport, you know, which is, you know, the quote unquote, the fourth sport. Right. But in Canada, you know, even when you get into the Western provinces, it's yeah. like the biggest deal, but I can't imagine what it must be like in Montreal. So what's the, what's the vibe there? Uh, you know, of course, knowing that I think you guys had the expos up until, you know, late, late nineties, uh, early two thousands. But I mean, you know, geez, you know, I, the, the Habs got to be the premier thing there, right? The, the Habs are a legit religion in Montreal. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're born into it. And it, you pass it on from generation to generation, and um, yeah, it's 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 it, it is a religion, and that makes expectations uh, sky high through the mm -hmm. roof. Uh, that's why it, it is when you're winning, it's the best market to be in. When you're losing, it's probably for the players the one mm -hmm. of the worst markets to be in. Sure. Um, and yeah, expectations are so high. You know, you keep hearing about Guy Lafleur and. Maurice Richard and 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 all the great teams that, that have just won uh you know everything mm -hmm. all the time and that's kind of the expectation that you're at uh now and yeah. culturally uh the Habs are a big deal also um you know it was seeing uh you know French Canadian um players uh be basically rock stars uh, in your hometown that just mm -hmm. you know empowered uh, the French Canadian people. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's 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 it goes way beyond just hockey. And you you said it. We're it's the only show in town. Also, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, a lot of people are football fans uh, and you know, NBA fans, and we do have an MLS team. But it, it's oh, just awesome. yeah, it's just like the 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 religion is is hockey, and that's the only mm -hmm. thing that people talk about i mean last year when we went all the way to to the stanley cup oh, finals yeah. it was literally the only thing that people were talking about and people were just going to work and like bolting well actually people were working from home but whatever people were bolting <laughs> from from their office to to their couch and just yeah. watching the pre the pregame show and just waiting for all these games it was just so mm -hmm. exciting and it was you know, even though we weren't outside and, and experiencing it with all these people, we, we you could feel the energy in the city. It's it it pretty crazy, man. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, it, it was a topic everywhere, man. Like between your friends, at home, family, mm -hmm. work, work, even going to the grocery store, you were talking hockey with the cashier. So it, it was it was crazy last yeah. year. I love I love that. I mean, you know, and that's something that you know a lot of. Um, a lot of markets in America lack, unfortunately, you know, um, I, I can, I can say it, you know, very clearly down here, you know, the closest team to, to where I am in central Florida, of course, are, are, are the Bolts. And, you know, they had a, um, a hell of a, a hell of a series against, against the Leafs. And uh, I think yeah. for me, one of the uh, most anticipated series coming up in the semis is going to be the Cats and the Bolts. I think that's, you know, that's oh, going to yeah. blow everybody away. Uh, also, though, uh, you know, the, the quote unquote, I guess, Battle of Alberta, as they're calling it, um, you know, uh, the, the Oilers versus the Flames on the other side, I think is going to be really, really great to see. Uh, but, you know, when you're you know out and about in Florida, uh, you know, Florida is um, is 
more than anything, it's like it's college football country, right? And I mean, yeah, yeah. it couldn't be any starkly different from, you know, what you're experiencing in, in, you know, up north in Montreal. And even, you know, like when I was on, you know, on, on Long Island in New York, you know, Long Island has a very, very rich culture and an attachment to the Islanders. Um, and, you know, obviously they went on that run in the eighties, which was, you know, a, a dominant run and they had some of the, you know, the, the, the best players on the ice at the time. But even at that, um, you know, it's a, it's a house divided. It's, you know, Islander fans and Ranger fans and, um, you know, I, I would think that, you know, living in Montreal, you know, if you saw someone in a leaf sweater, it would be like a sacrilege, you know, it's just like, what the hell is going on? But in Florida, there's, oh, there's, a, there's a bunch of fucking assholes who live in Montreal <laughs> and are all about the, how can I say, going against the grain and being uh, yep. either a fucking Boston fan. There's so many mm. people who are like, uh, Boston, Boston, yeah, yeah. Or a Leafs fan, and like they they rub it in your face, nope. and they just want to cause shit. And it's fine; it's all fun and games. But it's it's yep. there there is that that uh, that part of the population which is which is really funny. Oh yeah, and I mean, and they got nothing to rub this season. You know, both of you know, both of both the Bruins and the Leafs had a yeah. you know a, an acrimonious exit. You know, and they played seven it, games more than the Habs. <laughs> That's, that's true. That's true. And seven games more than the Islanders too. But, yeah. uh, um, and you know, we'll, we'll kind of touch upon it because I definitely want to talk playoff hockey because it really is the best, yeah. the best time of the year. And the fact that so many, uh, so many games, uh, so many series went seven in the first round alone, uh, was I think just an awesome, awesome thing, uh, for hockey. But, uh, I want to talk, uh, talk sucker punch for a little bit. Um, so, you know, from what I'm, I'm seeing, you know, I, I, grabbed you guys on Spotify, listen to the, to the two singles you have up. So um, I guess just, just walk me through it uh, as far as content is concerned. Uh, so the two singles that you have up, are, are you kind of sitting on uh, a collection of songs? Do you have something that is due to get released or are you guys kind of going like the, the single route where you're just going to drop some singles every, every month or so in anticipation of something bigger, kind of what's, what's on the horizon for you guys? So right now we're huge uh, uh, algorithm sluts. Yeah, okay. Meaning, meaning that we are going that route of dropping yeah. the singles every two, three months. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're sitting on we, – we did a first uh, recording session. It was about uh, four songs that, you know, we've been slowly uh, dripping through the, uh, the internet. And uh, that's the plan, you know, release those songs – Get the 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 uh, the antip- anticipation for for the next song going. Yeah. Uh, build up the the fan base. I mean, we're brand spanking new. Like you said, we have two singles out. The first one came out in February, mm-hmm. um, and but we're we're always thinking ahead. We're always looking forward, and and we're actually in two weeks uh, going to Toronto to 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 go record uh, another four songs. Um, so awesome. Yeah, yeah, very stoked. I've uh, been writing quite a bit right now, uh, so I, I've been missing some some playoff games, unfortunately. But uh, you know, you the, the first. Do, <laughs> and uh, yeah, like we're we're just really excited. I mean, uh, we we kind of came out of nowhere, and pe- the receptions been really really good. Um, everybody seems to be really enjoying the songs and 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 really spinning them like crazy. Like we 
we just look at our, our at the number of playlists that we're on, a, aka how many people are adding our songs to the playlist yeah. by artist, and it's 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 uh, it's literally insane. I, I I don't understand what's happening, but it's, yeah, I was I was just gonna say, you guys, uh, I, I saw that you guys got added to um, uh, a couple of playlists. I saw that like you you were on one that I think um, uh, like had had been curated by you guys, but I saw that you were on a bunch of like the kind of uh, up and coming pop punk playlists, which I think um, is such an enormous thing these days, you know? So, I mean, I, I, my, my age shows whenever I talk about this kind of stuff because I'm, <laughs> I'm in my mid thirties and back in the day, um, you know, the, the thing that <clears throat> really caught, like caught people's attention is if you made it onto a comp, right? So like, yeah. you know, you would, um, I don't know, like the warp Tour comp, like just to, just to put that into perspective, right? So, I mean, everybody, you walked into warp Tour, you got your free bag from, you know, Epitaph or whatever that had a million stickers in it. I remember still having like a Turbo Negro sticker and a, you know, the hot water music sticker that like nobody knew what it was. It was just the flame and the water and the, you know, it's just like, oh, this shit is so cool. But in every bag you had that like 2002 comp or the 2003 comp. And then you had the Punkorama comps that Fat Rec did and all this kind of stuff. And it's so important for those things uh, because they – not only gave you an opportunity to listen to bands that were already established, you know, like when I, I remember getting one of the first, you know, Punkorama comps and, you know, hearing my first Lagwagon song and hearing my first Millen song and all this stuff that I was like, holy shit, like this exists. Like there are other bands other than the offspring singing like, nah, nah, why don't you get a job that I get to listen to? Uh, which I thought was like the dopest thing. Um, but, here, here, but here we are like, you know, 20 years later and the same thing is happening, but with these curated playlists. And the whole idea is like, you know, a playlist, you know, a pop punk playlist might throw one of the new state champ songs on from their new record. Right. But you put out a song and all of a sudden here's your track. And right below it is a state champ song that has like 5 million plays. Yeah. And it's just like now all of a sudden someone will put on that state champ song to listen to it. And you know, they'll zone out, love that state champ song. And all of a sudden your song comes on next and a minute in they're like, shit, what, a, what is this? And then they check it out and they're like, Oh damn, was a sucker punch. This, this is dope. And then they're on your Spotify. Then they're checking you out. It's such an important thing. And that's kind of what comps were to me. It was like, you'd put it in your CD player, you know, you go to like track four because you knew that was the one where no cigar was. And then track five was this, this band Oscar. Never heard of Oscar. Awesome. Next one, pulley. Who the fuck is pulley? Awesome, you know. <laughs> so like, you get like this yeah. whole idea of just having built-in opportunities to hear music you don't. So being on playlists is such a huge thing. So kudos to you guys for getting on there because that is the new wave of 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 making it. Because bands nowadays, you know, the the ideology for record labels to get you signed isn't as much like, well, how many records can they sell? You know, uh, how many tours can they jump on? It's how many streams can they get? What's their presence on social media? How many clicks are they getting? And it's just a different business model. But the best thing about it is if you're creative, you can make all that happen yourself and you don't have to struggle like bands did 20 years ago when if you had like a dog shit recording with tinny snare drums and like barely any bass and treble and, you know, you'd be like, here you go, record label. And they're like, yeah, you know, come see us when you've done, you know, two full US's and we'll talk. But now if you've got a great sounding product and enough people are liking you on Instagram, TikTok and all this stuff, all of a sudden a label sees dollar signs in you because you are 
producing what you need to do. So it seems like it's kind of on the horizon for you guys as you can you can kind of take a look. I mean, you guys are getting more monthly listeners and more plays by the day. Uh, was that something that like you guys had any expectation of? Like when you dropped these songs, were you like, damn, these songs are good. Like I kind of feel like they're going to pop off. Or was it just like, let's, you know, we poured our heart and souls into these and let's just see what happens. Mr. Joe. Well, it was, to be honest, it was, we didn't expect that, but it was something we were aiming for. So it was, sure. we were kind of little dreamers just trying to, <laughs> to do, to go back to pop punk uh, yeah. during pandemic. So it was, we were hoping for that, but uh, we didn't expect it. But as you said, it, yeah. it's, it, it's the way to go now. So people the, are discovering a lot of music that way. So it's very awesome. As you were saying, you're, you're jumping into a state champ song, then you're, dri- you're, you're driving into us. So that's, mm-hmm. that's very amazing. But the, awesome. the, like, like you said, man, like the door is wide open. Like that's the thing that's really interesting is, is getting on the comp previously. Like who, who, who did you know to get on that comp? Like mm-hmm. now it's, the internet so like yeah. you know there's DistroKid exists you can get distributed yep. very easily that's like oh, a yeah. non-issue uh mm-hmm. like recording you don't have to go to a to a recording studio that's going to cost you a hundred thousand dollars to to make a, an album that sounds good people mm-hmm. have the technology uh like on, on their macbook now it's crazy yeah. you know uh yeah. and and the the these playlists um and Spotify by itself, uh, honestly, I mean, a lot of people talk shit about Spotify and, and they should because, you know, the pay rates are crazy. But some of the other stuff that they do is fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. Like, like th- they see that uh, you listen to State Champs and you listen to Night Calls or, or latest sing- single. Well, they're going to find Spotify is going to push Night Calls to somebody who also listens to say chance because they're like, Oh, there's a, there's a chance that they might like this song. So yeah. they're kind of yeah. pushing your product to other people mm-hmm. and it's, it's beneficial to them because they want to be the hot platform that feeds you your need for new music, but it's yeah. good for the artist too, because it kind of leaves the door wide open that if you're kind of serious on your end, you're making sure that you're working with the right producers and getting, you know, recording, getting recordings that sound decent uh, mm-hmm. and you're working with the right graphic artists and, and, and getting artwork that looks decent, that in the end, um, there will be ears for you if you put in the work. So that's really encouraging because, I mean, we're not, uh, we don't know anybody in the music industry and we, we don't, you know, we're not uh, annoying either people in the music industry. We're, we're, we're yeah. just uh, being ourselves and, and, mm-hmm that's enough. And I would say in other bands that we've been in, like that just wasn't enough, like, cause yeah. the door wasn't wide open. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's, let's kind of go back in time a little bit. So let's talk about uh, the Genesis of sucker punch, you know, knowing that you guys are kind of a new entity here. Um, what were you guys doing before? So I, you know, I imagine you guys were, were in, in other bands and stuff like that. So kind of what led you to uh, start sucker punch? I would say, uh, very funnily, um, MGK. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, so true, like true. M- MGK dropped uh, his first pop punk song in 2020. Which was uh, uh, Bloody Valentine. Bloody Valentine. So while, while we were in lockdown mm-hmm. and Joe and I sent it to each other and we're like, 
look at this fucking guy putting three power chords together and 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 making the simplest song that I feel I could have possibly written a version of. Um, and people are, are fucking paying attention. I'm like, I think something's happening. Like mm-hmm. people are, are tired of only electronic uh, music. The, the, the guitar is going to be cool yep. again. Like we've played in pop punk's band before and, and we, we kind of veered a bit from that. Like Joe, you pl- played in a, in a cover band for, for, uh, for a few years. Yeah. I played uh, in a, in a, in a fucking pop country band <laughs> for a couple mm-hmm. of years, uh, sure. you know, as, as like a gun for hire. Okay. And um, yeah, man, we, we heard that fucking MGK track and we're like, this is simple and catchy. And it's more reminiscent of that like Blink-182 vibes. And like, that's yep. that's kind of like what Joe and I uh, were doing in our previous bands that mm-hmm. kind of had like a corny con- connotation to it for uh, a long time uh, because people were into the, the the story so far of the world and, and, and the the, you know, the, the basements of the world and like yeah. the bands that, that, that are great are amazing and, and, and have brought so much to the scene, but have a bit more of that, like, um, uh, you know, a bit more of a, of a sad sound and, you know, that sad boy pop punk. Let's, let's yeah, yeah, of course. Those way sure. it, it, and we were just more party guys, like party pop punk guys. Okay. And we saw that there was an opening for that. And, it, it not only did it open in the mainstream with all the Travis Bar- Barker core stuff, but like I feel a lot of the bands in, in in the scene themselves, like the new State Champs record is is straight up party pop pop punk. Uh, the new Stand Atlantic record is straight up party pop punk. Yep. Even Simple Plan, <laughs> who veered in like pop rock territory for a really long time, yep. were like we're making a new album, we're gonna make it fucking pop punk. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I think we just kind of saw the wave coming. And we also um, lived life and, and, and saw how, uh, you know, bands who are maybe a bit more corporate and less like uh, trying to, to, uh, to fit in a scene uh, were operating. And we kind of uh, nitpicked a bit of that kind of stuff and, and like, mm-hmm started incorporating the the business element in into being in a band that maybe we uh didn't see that much and it's it's kind of crazy how much in 2022 um you know doing marketing and 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 posting on social media and finding the right artwork and and just catch trying to catch people's attention is not all about the music Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's being in a band's like a business and it's 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 uh and obviously it's about the music first and it's about the art and about like the message and and whatever but like that's something that we just never did in our old bands that mm-hmm. we put a bit more effort into it and it's just yeah. like paying dividends tenfold it's 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 nuts yeah i i really couldn't agree with you more i think that um, you know, music is is essentially you know artistry first, but um, in order to make sure that <clears throat> your art is um, is displayed appropriately, is broadcast appropriately, gets to as many ears as possible, is to have a good business acumen. You just have to. Yeah. You know, I mean, like you know, and and back in the day, you know, that's what 
managers and publicists and all this stuff was for. I mean, like, you know, do, do I really think that, you know, Kurt, Chris, and Dave, like, really gave a shit about, like, any of that kind of stuff when they were putting out Bleach and, you know, all those records in the early 90s, like, was Nirvana? Probably not. But, like, somebody realized that, like, hey, this is cutting edge and, you know, I can make you guys a bunch of money. And they were probably like, okay, yeah, that's kind of cool. But realistically, it was probably like, hey, Kurt, like, you know, I can get your your bleeding heart and soul out to this many people that will hear your art. And, you know, maybe some will appreciate it. You know, some will, you know, will call it a passing fad. But at the end of the day, you have to have that that uh, that ability to be able to promote yourselves. And I think that's something that the Internet in general has made easier for a lot of people because you don't have to, like we discussed earlier, you know, when, when it came to getting on a comp and so you got to know somebody, you got to know this guy, you, gotta mm-hmm. know that. you don't really need to, you just have to have a good understanding of the algorithms that each social media, ha- you know, platform has, how to navigate them and how to display your content to audiences. And if you could do that <clears throat> again, you're right. It is less about the music sometimes to people as it is just the ethos, as it is the overall brand. And you look at a band like um, like Simple Plan, who you brought up. Uh, we had Chuck on the show, uh, God, 100 episodes ago. Um, and, I mean, the, the uh, dude is, is fantastic. He's great. Yeah, nice He's an guy. awesome drummer. And Simple Plan is one of those bands that, you know, we kind of brought up, like, you know, um, I think you said before, like, you know, like, 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 like corny pop punk a little bit. Yeah. To, to a degree, that's kind of what Simple Plan did. But they were pioneers in so much that, like yeah. – if it wasn't for your good Charlottes and your simple plans, you know, would there have been an avenue for your Paramours and your fallout boys and your my caps, yeah. you know, probably not. So, but the thing that, that simple plan was able to do was they were able to keep themselves afloat in an industry where they could have just went out to sea and people would have been like, you remember that band simple plan? And they, you know, they had that band, you know, no pads, no helmets, just balls. And I was great. And you know, what, what the hell have they been up to? They're able to stay relevant and they were able to, to kind of mold with the times. But what they were also able to do is they were able to get smart about how to hitch their wagon, you know? So they were like, Hey, you know, we have our finger on the pulse. You know, we know that pop punk is dominated by bands like the wonder years and the story so far. And uh, you know, to a degree, you know, your state champs and your real friends, they knew that. So they were like, you know what? We're not going to write a record in that style. We're going to write our own record, but we're going to make sure that people, when they think of, of the Wonder Years, when they think of these bands, they realize that, you know, Simple Plan kind of gave them the opportunity to be the bands that they are. And for that reverence, th- that means something, right? So I think there's a lot to be said about that, about bands that have that longevity, but they also are still to this day showing smaller bands and newer bands how to have a presence in, in this day and age when 25 years ago, they were able to have a presence in that old style. So they've got that longevity. That's, that's really important. And, um, you know, it's cool to know that younger bands such as yourselves are, are kind of, taking that ideology and, and running with it. So I think that's a, that's a super cool thing. So uh, to that end, you know, kind of talking about, um, you know, we, we sort of discussed like what's on the horizon for you guys uh, as far as getting out there and, uh, and playing some shows. 
do you guys have any touring plans yet or or like what's what's on the radar there for you guys so just to give you context yeah. montreal's mask mandate was pulled two days ago oh wow <laughs> jesus okay so that's a bit different yeah um sure. Yeah, I mean, like we're we're lining up our first uh, our first show in in, in okay. July. So it's, it's not awesome. announced yet. So we'll 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 keep that to uh, to ourselves for now in, ca- yeah. in case those plans change. But uh, right now, really, the focus is 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 those recordings, and I yeah. think from there, um, the shows will come. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, we're discussing here and there, like little runs in Ontario, like that's. In Canada, like that's the fucking hotbed of, of pop punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Seaway, sure. like Pacific. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm sure bearings. I'm missing bearings. We were uh, sharks. Yep. We, yeah, we were, we were sharks. sharks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fucking sick band. Uh, so many good bands and, and so many good producers. I, I don't know mm-hmm. how many people are, you know, music nerds like us, but like when we started looking at, at, at this new, um, well, at this band and we we're like okay we got got to work with with good producers like that's that's how you get the good sound and and and, and you move forward in 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 the industry mm-hmm. uh we just looked six hours away in toronto and we saw that some powerhouses were, were making crazy records down there um you know our uh first well i'm not gonna call it an ep because we're dropping in in singles but like our first four tracks were, were uh mixed by sam uh guiana who's fucking sick he worked uh and produced like the between you and me the latest between you and me record that's just like silverstein also they just released he just did yeah he just really they just released the new silverstein like massive amazing like great rock records coming from right there and then we're our next um our next stuff for tracks we're going to do with uh anton delost who Speaking of State Chance, which we have like yep. a million times, like he just mixed the entire State Chance record. He yeah. co-wrote some of the tracks and and uh, did some ad- additional production on that. So it's like having somebody who's working on like literally one of our favorite bands and one of our influences, um, you know, available to us so closely. It was is it, it's just crazy. So like Ontario is definitely where we need to to hit up, and then the states are obviously in the cards. But then like that's like. That's a whole, like you said, logistical nightmare. Oh and, yeah, yeah. You know, small, small, like uh, anecdote on that. It's not, it's not my band. But it's, it's, it's a, a band that uh, of some of my friends. Um, they wanted to play. Uh, uh, they, they got booked for the fest in, in Gainesville. Sure, of course. And, and uh, they uh, didn't go through the whole paperwork shit. Mm-hmm. So they um, drove down very innocently and very cutely. Uh, and just said, we're going to go play a show. We're making zero dollars. Like, yep. thank you, America. And they're like, get the fuck out of our country. And they were all put on like no fly um, it's insane. restrictions. It's crazy. And literally they, they got booked on Fest the subsequent year because they didn't make it to the first year. And they mm-hmm. had to do this like cockamamie thing where like each one of the two of them went by plane. Two of them went by train. Two other ones went by like car but were mm-hmm. driven by an American citizen to make sure that like they didn't get flat. It was nuts. Yeah. And like yeah. they, they were lent gear and in, in the States uh, by mm-hmm. like the bands that they knew they were already there. It was, yep. yeah, it's, it's, it's fucked up, man. It's, it is. It's, like you how know, do people lose money in your country? 
probably. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, like, and you're pretty much harassing me. Like what's, what's the story? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a big time bummer. It really is because, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's just like, why, why make it so difficult for, you know, like, like, like young kids or young adults to just like have an experience. It's like, you know, uh, for some reason, America and, and the, the policies that are here, they, they just think that like everybody is trying to come in and like suck the teeth of like American, you know, inc incredible, you know, breast milk nonsense. It's just like, bro, this is so stupid. It's so stupid because like realistically, you know, our country for what it's worth, you know, you know, being in America, I mean, it's just like, like there are things about it that are, are, are just completely ass backwards. And one of those things is just, you know, the, the issue of, of visas and labor and, and all of this stuff about thinking that, you know, people are trying to come into the country to evade taxes or whatever. It's just like, they should make it easier, you know, just be like, Oh, you're in a band. Cool. You know, th this is, this is the paperwork you got to fill out. It doesn't have to be so much money. It doesn't, you don't have to get flagged by border patrols and shit. It's just, it's, it's wild. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, honestly, yeah. Canada ain't that bad. Like, yeah, right. I mean, like, Jesus. It's really not that bad. It's, it's just. We're not fleeing Canada to, to, you know, to, 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 to go live the American dream. Like, we're doing okay here. It's crazy, man. And and, yeah. and and it's a bummer. But, you know, I when that time comes for you guys, I wish you all the best. And I hope that you don't have any issues getting over here. Uh, real quick, just take a small break. Uh, and then we'll, we'll kind of jump into a little bit more talk about uh, sucker punch and, and of course talk a little bit of hockey but uh just want to mention our sponsor uh DraftKings, who uh you know have been working with us uh, for quite some time and of course they are uh in full swing uh giving you great opportunities with DraftKings sportsbook in pursuit of the stanley cup so uh, they're an official sports betting partner of the nhl and they've got this great offer uh for the most exciting playoffs in sports uh so new customers can bet just five dollars on any team and get $100 in free bets to win. No matter what, win or lose, you can't beat that. So if you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday, you can do so with same-game parlays, uh, which is totally awesome. You can create your own parlay, combining multiple bets on a bunch of different things. How many goals will be scored? Uh, how many shots are taken? Um, you know, how many saves? Uh, you know, a bunch of different things. It really, really is cool. You get an even bigger payout. And, of course, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, which they always are. So you can deposit and withdraw that cash whenever you want, so there are no minimums. Totally awesome. Uh, so as always, want you to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code, promo code THPN. That's for the Hockey Podcast Network. You've got $5 on any NHL team to win. you got $100 in free bets no matter what. So, again, that's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, and they're an official sports betting partner of the NHL. And, again, bet $5 on any team. You think the Cats are going to, you know, pull it out of, out of the Bolt series? Boom, go for it. Uh you know, are the are the are the Avs gonna gonna come out of the West? Boom, go for it. Five bucks is all you got to put down, and hundred dollars in free bets. So you can't beat that. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. That's a tough word to say. You can see the show notes for details. As always, bet responsibly. And that, my friends, is DraftKings Sportsbook, which is cool. So um, I don't know. You know, I am really super pumped. Uh, for you know the, the playoffs and, and the semifinal matchups that are coming up, um, so let's just kind of dive right into that. Talk a little bit about that. So uh, you know we have um, just a ton of uh, 
of really, really cool things coming out of the playoffs right now. Lots of game sevens, um, you know, really close, really tight knit, really uh, physical series. Uh, and what we've got left in the East is, uh, you know, we've got the, the Rangers taking on the Canes. you got the Cats taking on the Bolts. And on the other side, uh, you've got uh, the Avs, uh, and they're taking on St. Louis. Uh, Louis. Yeah, the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, I forgot who, who came out of that series. Then you've got the, the Oilers and the Flames. Uh, like I was saying earlier in the episode, that Oilers-Flames series I'm really looking forward to as, as I'm looking forward to the uh, uh, the Caps-Bolts series. But uh, – you know, I personally, you know, I, I didn't think uh, some of these series were going to go as deep as they did. Um, I was really surprised that uh, the Pens went up 3-1 on the Rangers. That, that I just couldn't believe. I really thought that that was going to be a series the Rangers were going to take in five. Um, so I guess let's talk a little bit about that because the Penguins are notoriously the darlings of the NHL. I think anyone who's not a Penguins fan could probably agree with that. And a lot of, uh, you know, of hockey Twitter and, you know, realistically hockey journalists are saying that this is uh, the end of that era. Yeah, uh, you know, you're talking about, you know, uh, guys like Malkin and Gensel and, and, and Sid and all these guys are, are you know, kind of have their contracts coming up and all this kind of stuff. And uh, I had read something somewhere. I don't know how realistic it is, but I had read something that uh, uh, the Pens were going to offer Malkin uh, three years at five mil a year. Oh, wow. Something like that. Um, now, I don't know if that's true. You know, that could just be, you know, hockey Twitter going crazy. But, I mean, let's let's talk kind of fantasy here. So, you know, let's just say the Pens lowball Malkin. And he's like, you know what? Thanks for the years. Let me see where I could go. Realistically, where does he land? Who's Who's got the cap space? That's that's the problem, man. This yeah. black cap is mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, like is 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 Malkin gonna go and make his ten million dollars a year and play f- in Arizona in front of five thousand people? Yeah, exactly, right? I don't like think how, so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so then sure. you know what? Te- I'm I'm trying to think what team has even the cap. I mean, it the has Pro- probably the probably the Knights will offer the, will offer something. Well, yeah. they, don't, they don't have a cap. Oh my god! No, I, I, I was just kidding about the uh, yeah. yeah they're gonna like, find yeah. a way. They're gonna. <laughs> That's a nice move for sure. Yeah. I mean, like that would be something else though. I mean, you know, if he, if he landed on the Habs, I mean, you know, for, for the Habs, I mean, it, it's kind of, um, you know, I, I guess when you look at it, I mean, you guys do have a lot of um, younger talent, but I mean, on the, on the older end of it, I mean, it's kind of a little lean. I mean, you've got, you know, you've got Shea Weber, right. Who's oh, what, 35, 36 at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, and uh, but as far as you know, what you guys have going on in terms of uh, um, you know some of the some of the guys that have really been you know kind of pulling their weight, um, you know you've got you know a guy like Nick Suzuki, you know you've got uh, you know uh, obviously you know Cole Caulfield, who's everyone's been uh, been oh, talking yeah. about. Yeah, there it is, my friend. Yeah, so um, you know I could see them, you know, the Habs making a splash. You know, I mean, it, it it's a tough go, man. They. Uh, you know, they get to the cup finals, you know, this year they really unfortunately don't show up to play, you know, a, a rebound season is something that I think they could be looking at and maybe it's something that they could, uh, they, they could build upon. But I mean, you know, to get a guy like Malkin, I mean, that means, you know, you've got to give him at least, even, even if he, maybe he can't get 10, he's got to get at least nine. And you know, mm-hmm. I mean, even if he's what, 33 or 34 or something like that, 
he's going to want probably four or five years. And I mean, yeah. do you really want to give a 39 year old that much money um, to, to play hockey? I mean, like, you know, unless, unless you have, you know, the only person I'd probably give that much money to play hockey, to be that old would probably be like Yarmir Yager who like, if he decided to come back to the NHL and was like, I'll play for the Islanders for four years for $8 million. I'd be like, give this man the money. He's, he's a hockey robot. But like, other than that, you just want to see the Yaggers in your, in your, uh, in your uh, stadium. That's what you oh, want. <laughs> that's what I want, man. I mean, listen, yeah. the man's worn damn near every sweater except the Islander sweater. So that is something I would, uh, I would kill to see. I really would. But um, I, you know, I think it's, um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that Penguins team if they just decide to completely dismantle it and, and rebuild and build around some young talent. Uh, but it definitely is uh, the end of an era. And they talked about it as the season was progressing. They were saying, hey, listen, mm -hmm. you know, the Pens are going to make a run. This is going to be the, you know, potentially the last one that they do. But you've even got that going on with, uh, you know, with, with a team like the Caps too. They're aging, they're getting old. You know, some, I mean, again, Ovi is another hockey robot. You know, I, I don't care what you say. But, you know, the man will probably play until he's 75 years old. Um, and that's fine <laughs> with me because he's fun to watch. But, you know, some of that some of that team is, uh, you know, they're getting up there in years, you know, and guys like Backstrom and yeah. even, even even TJ, you know, I mean, like he's, he's just starting to climb up there. So um, I guess to talk a bit about the Habs, you know, just to, to kind of understand your perspective on them and what you think they need to put together. Uh, you know, during this offseason to be contenders, um, you know, realistically, does a guy like Malkin fit or, you know, who else is out there that you guys think could be those perennial players to get you back to the dance? <clears throat> I, I don't think I don't think getting back to the dance right now is is for next year. I think I think you got to look at Connor Bedard. You got to look at whoever they're going to draft this year, whether it's Shane Wright or, or yeah, whatever. We do, have a, we do have a very big draft coming. Very big draft. So we yeah. do have a lot of, uh, of, uh, yeah, picks. that's, that's a, it's, it could be, it could be, uh, you know, defining the next, uh, next, uh, decade for, for the Habs, the, this yeah. draft and next draft also, depending where it goes, but mm -hmm. you know, flat cap, what happens with carrier price right now? Uh, is he on the cap or is he LTIR? Who knows? Mm -hmm. Um, it's, yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I, I think the, the, the fan base is, is embracing the retool or the re, you know, the reset or whatever you want to call it and looking for it. What, what I could see us doing is getting some of that veteran presence. You, you talked about the pens, Latin. Oh yeah. It could be a great pickup, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, we got the cap space. He can teach our young def uh, up-and-coming defensemen what it is to be an NHL player and being a pro and, and, and what yeah. it is to win. Uh, a guy like Boston, a guy like Bergeron, uh, if he wants to do a last lap you know, in his hometown, yeah, uh, that could be something interesting for the guys like Suzuki if we end up drafting Shane Wright. You know, those oh, are yeah. – those are kind of like the models. Benjamin is the model for, for those types of players. Mm -hmm. So I, I think like those kinds of moves, even though they could appear to be done to be competitive right now, I think they would still be done to be competitive in the future because they would mm -hmm. be uh, in, in instilling that um, 
attitude and in, in, in the, the you know that that yeah that attitude into the team um i don't think getting a malkin is it would would make sense for this team right now i think you i think they're gonna you know flip out some some contra some contracts maybe a jeff petrie mm-hmm. um you know maybe a gallagher if if a team is interested but you know sure. that cap and and where he's at right now maybe maybe yeah. less mm-hmm. um and, and and go from there you know build from the last half of the season and what St. Louis brought to the team and sure. just build off of that and build off of, you know, the, the budding stars that we have, the Suzuki's and, and uh, the Caulfield's and, and, and even Romanoff to a certain extent, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, playing big minutes and, and, and being that, that, that presence, you know, um, I, I think, I think there's a lot of like good things coming up. How's how's this team going to be built? Is it going to be b- built through, UFAs through trades through draft. I think it's going to be a combination of all of all those things, and that's maybe what the Bergevin era was kind of lacking, and kind of brought us to a wall um, last year. Was he built a team that was only competitive for one year, um, and and that's a bit on him. He 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 put all his eggs in 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 certain baskets, and and that didn't uh, that didn't pan out for him. But I mean, yeah. last year was a crazy run, so. Would I trade that for a more competitive team uh, for for you know years in the future? I don't know. You know, it's that run is just so special. I don't I don't know if I would I would trade it, but yeah. you know, it's time to move on, and and it's it's exciting to see where where this team's going. Absolutely, I agree with that. And then um, so the other the other kind of interesting question, you know, talking about Carey Price just earlier, um, again, you know, like so. Harkening back to what we spoke about earlier in the episode, you know, you've got a team like the the Canadians who have been around, like I said, for over a hundred years, right? And and I mean, when you look at the, you know, the people that are in the rafters, right? I mean, you you know, Richard, you know, uh, you've got God. I mean, like, all, you know, Fleur. yeah, I was gonna say. You know, shop plant and like all these guys who have Billy been, who have been, you know, who have been like like actual like, you know, Hall of Fame worthy people, yeah. right? Like, legends, like people that change the straight legends that have changed change hockey, right? So you know, it's been. I think the last one to go up there was was Wah, you know, yeah, deservedly. So you look at a guy like Carey Price, right? So I mean, like. You know, he's had a 15-year tenure on the team, right? And I think, like, 07 was his first year, right? Now, granted, um, you know, championships and cups to raise, none, unfortunately. But, you know, that's kind of the way it goes sometimes. But, you know, as far as being someone who has been, you know, the, 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 the kind of pillar, you know, to which the team has revolved around, just in terms of being a presence in, in the locker room, do you think a guy like him gets to gets to share, you know, a, a banner with those with those guys, or, or you know, do you think he just goes down as a, as you know, a tried and true Canadian? You know, does he does he get up there? Does he deserve to be up there? I guess that's the real question. It's tough to say right now yeah. with his uh, with his current situation. Yeah, his knee's pretty fucked up, so uh, he, he came back at the end of the year, and you could mm-hmm. you could see that he wasn't at his uh, fully. Yeah. 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 Like, was, the thing is Montreal is a fucking city where it's, you didn't bring the cup, get out of town. Yeah. It's it. That's where it is. You know, 
Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I mean, Sakukoivu was like an idol for for X number of years. He bled yeah. Rouge, and mm-hmm. he was a great player. Would he have been, um, you know, up in the rafters if he was drafted by another team? There's a chance. So it's 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 tough names to compare yourself to. Sure. And you said it yourself. The last one was was Patrick Roy. Yeah. And is, is Patrick Roy is you know one of the best goalies of all time. Yeah. He's, he's, he has all those cup rings stuck in his ears. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. I, I think I think you can't, man. Like I think it's 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 going to be the next person that carries his team on their shoulders and brings them to that cup. Yeah. That's going to be that's going to go up. I think that's I think that's the way the city sees it, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that's how management sees it. Yeah. I think I think that's that's probably the, the fairest assessment that that I could think of. I mean, you know, it's just um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where every franchise, you know, kind of views things a little different. And I think that you know, like looking at um, the Islanders, you know, for instance, just because I you know I have such a you know such a, a close history with them, it's like you know when you look at the guys in the rafters, like a, you know, a lot of them would probably be in the rafters in a lot of other places you know you got your guys like bossy and trottier and nystrom and all those guys but i mean like Mm -hmm. you look at some other franchises and like the the people who have gone up in the rafters um and it's like you know do they hold a candle to like i said the the people that are up there at bell center or the people that are up there in toronto or the you know the guys that are up there even you know in chicago or detroit it's like Mm -hmm. it's such a dichotomy there because every franchise is different and, you know, you like you kind of do feel bad for some of those like mid-market teams who, you know, like I, I, I don't know, you know, like who's up there for the Bolts, but I think it's probably Le Cavalier and Saint probably Louis. Louis and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe a couple. Brad Richards. Yeah, it could be Brad Richards. And like and but like you, you got to think that like, you know, um, five, ten years from now, I, I bet it, you know, I bet I bet Stamkos goes up there, you know, 100 uh, percent, for sure. you know, and it's just like but. You know, obviously he he's he's won a cup, which is great. But like, if Stamkos was you know on the on the Habs, you know, and and didn't win, like, is he going up there? You know, so you know to be Why to be he next doesn't to, win. No, I don't yeah, think right? that he doesn't win. And I mean, like you're 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 essentially like you're putting you're putting your number up there next to yeah. fucking Rocket Richard. You know, it's just like hmm. holy shit. You know, that's a crazy thing. It's a crazy thing. Well, yeah. I would I would say that's probably why. It's hard to attract some talent sometimes in Montreal. I mean, the taxes don't help, and yeah, the weather yeah. the weather could be better. But uh, <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot of pressure, and especially for French Canadian born players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when's the last time we had a French Canadian superstar? Like a, a very long time ago. We've we've had you know the Danny Briers of, of this world that come back for one last lap and yeah. and just do it for for the thrill of it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, so many times you hear about those, like, those big Quebec players, the Simon Gagnés, the, the, the Daniel Briers, when they're in their prime. And mm-hmm. what are they doing? They're using the halves as leverage to get a better contract with the team that yeah. is going to be, uh, you know, less stressed to, to play for for them. And, and mm-hmm. it's fair. Yep. I get it. You know, you don't want to play in the shadows of Jean Béliveau and, and the Rocket and, and yeah. Patrick Roy yeah. and all of that. Yeah. Uh, it's hard enough to be an NHL player and, 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 
and strive to go get that cup, like that additional pressure must not be fun, you know? Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. And uh, I, I uh, while we were chatting, I, I did, I popped on to, to cap friendly a hot second, just because I really didn't realize the enormity of, of picks that you have, but I mean, like it's wild. You guys have uh, 10 picks over the first four rounds. Yeah. That's like, yeah. that's incredible. So, I mean, you, you guys are really going to be able to pick up some, uh, you know, some great young talent in uh, a, a draft class that, you know, a lot of people have said is, has have some pretty good depth this year. You know, um, I, I feel like, and maybe it's just me not keeping a close eye on, you know, the, the superstars in the draft class, but I mean, like, you know, I feel like, you know, maybe this year doesn't have your, uh, you know, your, your like Johnny Hockey, like your Johnny yeah. Hockey's or your Lafreniere's or like, you know, yeah. all, all these guys, but like still there's some depth there. And with 10 picks over four, um, you know, four rounds, not only do you guys have the opportunity to grab some depth, you also have the opportunity to, to kind of mess around with those picks and see what you can do uh, on draft day to potentially um, trade up, to potentially, uh, you know, make some make some deals to even, you know, shed some, you know, dead weight and a pick or two, uh, you know, to, to get some real, real talent on, on, the, on the roster. So I think that's a great thing. That's something to look forward to. I mean, like, I, I can't remember um, a year as an Islander fan where like, I think maybe the most I can remember is one year they had probably seven in mm-hmm. four, but 10 and four, man, that's like, that's, that's awesome. crazy. Yeah. That really it's, is. A, it's a lot. It's a lot. The thing that's, that's really great. interesting too, is that, you know, the teams that usually are in that position have a terrible roster. They they're depraved of, of any talent and they're just mm-hmm. playing an age, an AHL team and, and waiting for, for the talent to come in, but there mm-hmm. is already a basis to, to work off of. Yeah. So it's injecting more talent in, in that roster with the basis that's already there and that's already young. And, and, you know, it's, it's a fun nucleus to, 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 to put your, your hopes in is, is, is really interesting and really fun. And yeah. the draft is in Montreal this year too. So can you imagine <laughs> the bell center filled yeah. to the brim while the Canadians are drafting first overall yeah, and then drafting 10 times, like you said, in, in the first mm-hmm. four rounds, it's, it's, it's going to be nuts. It's going to be it's, nuts. It's, it's a make or break, man. It really yeah. is. I think it is, um, you know, and uh, so I guess just looking at the playoffs, uh, I'll just, I'll, I'll get predictions. Uh, so I'll start with you up there, up there, John. Um, what are we thinking? Who's coming out of the West? Who's coming out of the East? And uh, who's, man. who's right in the cup this year? Man, I, I I was talking to Terry yesterday. I think over the uh, on Eastern is going to be the Rangers. Uh-huh. I, yeah, yeah. I know it's a it's Young a long guns. it's a long yeah. guns. But I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the uh, they're the uh, this year's underdog. And so. um, on the West, I believe the Avs they got to win. Yeah. They got to win this year. Mm-hmm. And you and you think the Avs are going to win between the Rangers and the? What do you think, Joe? Let's go Rangers, man. Rangers, <laughs> yeah, wow. let's go Rangers. Ballsy, oh. I love it. Love that. And That's what do you think, Terry? Balls, man. Uh, so I'm going to be very boring, and I'm going to go with like everybody's picks. Uh, Florida, man. What's what's this team's weakness? Like, it's it's really hard to see, and like, I mean, I know that they're playing like the 
the you know two-time Stanley Cup sh- champions in the next round, but yep. uh, that team is a bit you know tired from from their two runs. The, the mm-hmm. Panthers are just trending up, trending up, trending up, trending up. Yep. Hazards, I'm a big believer of like teams need to lose in the playoffs and 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 learn from from those losses and then you know step up and move up and and, and grow from there. And mm-hmm. I just see the, the Avs and the Panthers being two teams that have been competitive for a few years now. Yep. I've been building their core. I've been like shaping their roster and just being ready to take that next step. And so those out of the West, I'm taking the Avs and I'm taking uh, the Panthers out of the East. And I have to go with the Avs, man. Like uh, it's, it's this, this year has been very offensive um, which is kind of strange, you know. You usually defense wins uh, championships, but I think mm-hmm. this year offense is going to win championships. So yeah. even if like their goalies maybe not like their strong strongest asset, like having a guy like Makar and just having the insane firepower that they have in front, I I think they're going to put it together. And like I remember last year watching the interview with McKinnon on how. Um, it was unacceptable to lose and, and he doesn't want to be one of those guys who is a star in the league and just doesn't touch the cup. I I think he's on a mission, man. I think, I think McKinnon's going to bring it, bring it home. Yeah. I I think uh, I'm, so I've, I've got my, like my realistic idea of what's going to happen. And and again, I think it's going to be a a rehashing of 96. I think you're going to see, Colorado and Florida. I don't, I, this year, I don't think, um, you know, I, I don't think the abs are going to sweep. I think it's going to be a no. very competitive series, but I do think uh, the abs just really have that firepower, um, uh, you know, led, led by, uh, you know, a guy like McKinnon, who's just a, a bona fide superstar. And that's not to say anything against a guy like Huberto, who, I mean, like 95 mm. or something assists. I mean, like insane, unbelievable. Insane. Like, you haven't seen that kind of production since like, you know, those nineties years where, you know, guys were racking up 200 points. I mean, it's just, it blows my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, that's, that's realistically what I think you're going to see. And I think maybe the abs will take it six, but what I would love to see (laughs) personally is I would love to see uh, the Oilers play the Rangers. Uh, I think that would be, that would be just a wild series, you know, watching a guy like, and, and I mean, like for me personally, um, I, when I, you know, unless it's the Islanders, right, because I'm such an Islander fan, I always look at um, at hockey in like, a, okay, so when we look at the Stanley Cup finals, you know, what what two teams are really going to sell tickets? Like, who's going to put butts in seats? Mm-hmm. Like, that's like the yeah. pro wrestling mentality in my head. So, I mean, you put, you know, a scrappy team like the Rangers, right? With um with with Panarin and you know Lafreniere, um, you know, uh, you know Capo and like all these guys against McDavid and Drysaddle and and and, and uh, Nugent Hopkins, and I mean like holy yeah. crap, like th- that alone could like you know could pull pull people from whatever the hell they're doing and actually make them watch hockey, and and that's not to say that Colorado and Florida couldn't do that because mm-hmm. they have enough star power themselves, but I mean like looking at you know, all of the times, and, you know, I hate to say it because it's it's a Homer thing to say, but when you look at the Stanley Cup finals where 
Sid, Sid was a part of it or yeah. Patrick Kane was a part of it or Ovi was a part of it. Um, it just like the light shone brighter. And that's mm. what, what I want for hockey, at least in America is I want the lights to mm. shine bright on it. That because makes a lot of sense. Cause the more, the more people that watch it, just the more opportunities it's going to get. And like the fact that ESPN and TNT and TBS, you know, at least in the States signed on to get hockey onto networks better than, you know, fucking MSG plus and like, you know, NESN and like all this stuff where it's just like barely in market, I think is a fantastic thing. And the fact that, you know, ESPN shelled out money to get a guy like Gretzky, um, you know, to be a part of their, of their team, you know, it shows that they mean a little bit of business and they're ready to bring hockey back because I remember, you know, what was I 17 or 18 years old when the lockout happened. And I remember, the NHL was just like, never again, like never mm -hmm. again. Like I will, like I will literally show like jet skiing squirrels before <laughs> we show 30 seconds of, of hockey. And I remember like, even like Linda Cohn and John Butchergrass, like if, you know, if you're familiar, which I'm sure you guys are, they were like, like dying, salivating for any type of hockey coverage that they can get. And I remember like, you know, maybe 07, 08 or 08, 09 or something like that. When like, you know, ESPN was still barely covering hockey. Like Linda Cohn got to talk with Barry Melrose about hockey for like three minutes. And like, you could just see like the woman's face was just like buzzing. And then they like dove right into like, okay guys, like LeBron has white shoelaces today. Let's talk about that. <laughs> and it's just like, and no shade to, to the NBA. I think the NBA is awesome. Um, but what I love about hockey is that I, I get the opportunity to see, let's just say Colorado versus Florida this year. Right. Um, and last year you got the opportunity to see the, the bolts play, uh, you know, the Habs and, and the bolts and the, and the, and the stars. Right. So you get to see all these different teams, but the NBA, the NFL, they just have these like perennial mm -hmm. powerhouse teams. And to me, that's not like what I watch sports for. I watch it for the intrigue and I watch it for the fact that an underdog team like the Rangers could just like smoke everybody. And granted as an Islander fan, like, will I hear it for the rest of my goddamn life? <laughs> of course I will. But at the same time, like, why not, you know, why not give me a Rangers Oilers cup and just have all these young bucks just like annihilate it, you know, by the I mean, seeing Connor McDavid, play for the Stanley cup. That's, that would just be crazy like that. Right. And, and then, you know, dry as a second fiddle to that, like, yeah. forget about and Mike, it. Mike Smith, man. Does he have a cup? Well, Mike Smith, does he? Does, he, he doesn't, he doesn't have any cup, right? I don't think, no, no, no. Yeah. No, it's probably his last season. He's like, that, that's, a, that's a hockey fan story. That's like yeah. fucking old grizzled guy. Yep. who just like that really this together. That's that's so hockey. That's so and, hockey. And you know, and you know what else is so unfortunately hockey too? Like, imagine, imagine the Rangers get to the Cup Finals and they win a cup, right? Yeah. And like, they literally win a cup a year or two after poor Lundqvist stood on, like, literally stood oh, on his God. head year mm. after year and never got to raise that cup. And I'll never forget uh, watching that that series with the Kings. And my buddy, who had been a lifelong Ranger fan, just like what was it that uh, that two OT goal that that uh, finished off the series? I just remember him like dropping to his knees and like 
laying in front of the TV silent for like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. My poor buddy, Jimmy, I'll never forget it. And it's just like, imagine that, like imagine the poetic injustice. And, and, and again, let me not take anything away from Shesterkin. The man is oh crazy. Probably going to be going to be on the level, if not eclipsing a guy like Lundquist as he goes through his career. But it's just like, imagine that, like imagine the story that, that, that is that, you know, poor Lundquist couldn't get his cup, but you know, here, here we have, you know, Shesterkin, but, you know, potentially getting a cup. It's just, there's so much intrigue that's involved in it. And that's why I love hockey. Um, so, uh, I, I think that's a, as great of a moment as any, uh, to ask you guys one final question and then we'll close it for the night. And I want to jump back into a quick music question. So, you know, sucker punch is, you know, the wheels are turning. You, know, you guys are, are going to go and, and record some new stuff. You've got, you know, a comeback show, hopefully some things, you know, going on in the future, but, you know, obviously Sucker Punch wouldn't exist if it wasn't for, you know, certain bands that put you in the mindset to realize like, hey, this is something that I could do for the rest of my life. Right. So I'll 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 ask you to put you on the spot. One band each, if you can. The most influential alternative band that made you decide that this is what you want to do. And whoever wants to do it first. Oh, my God. Play it on me. I know it's a tough one, but gotta you know gotta put people on the spot. That's what this podcast is all about. Uh, well, do you want to go first, Joe? Uh, yeah, I'll go with the. We, we spoke about it earlier. MD uh, Pop Punk MGK album, Tickets to My Downfall. That was my. Uh, yeah, that's your number one. I don't like well, that. Well, I mean, the question was what <laughs> kind of make me want to do this again. Not, I wouldn't it, say it's your number one influence, right? <laughs> Oh, so you know what? You're right, though. You you yeah. answer, you answered the question the way that I I posed it, yeah. and I probably should have posed it the way the, w- the way you're saying, which is probably you know as far as you being a musician in general. Yeah. What is the most influential band uh, that like made you decide that music oh. was the thing for you? Oh man, probably Blink. Ah, yep. Yeah. Hell yeah. I knew you were going to say Blink, so then <laughs> I had to think of a, of a second <laughs> one. Um. Blink is just so good because it's like Blink showed up in in our lives when mm-hmm. we were like, what what's cool? Like what what do I want to be? And then you see these fucking three assholes making jokes on stage, singing Fart about jokes, butts, and, and 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 just being ridiculous guys and making making great music, great catchy music. Mm-hmm. and 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 going with it and as an older person seeing how that kind of stood the test of time and that that's always a little facet of my personality yeah uh, i think that that still plays and like you know regardless of, of 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 the deemed quality of their new stuff regardless of what they drop i'm going to check it out and see, mm-hmm. see what it's like and and yeah. and root for it to be amazing and and, and want to do it and like even in all the modern stuff, like having that Travis Barker influence in it, uh, does does play a role in in, in my intrigue and, and and wanting to see what the fuss is all about and, and checking it okay. out. So I, I think Blink has to be it. Yeah. Like if you're in our age range, it's it's Blink Absolutely. all the way, man. And you're I think really- that's a, that's a perfectly reasonable response for you both to have. You know, you don't you don't you definitely don't have to try to find somebody else. Um, I, I guess I just gotta ask, Joe. I'm, I'm, I, do you remember how old you were when you first tried to play the bass line to Carousel? 
because I know you tried and I know you probably, I know today you could probably do it without problem, but I know you were probably a youngin at some point you were like, I could play this. And you were probably like, fuck, I, I can't. Funny story. Funny story, though. I I, I grew up being a drummer. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. So, so I, I was all about being uh, Travis be, Barker. To be Travis yeah. Barker. See, I'm. Uh, everybody hates it when I say it, and I'm just gonna say it. And nothing, nothing against Travis. I love Travis. I think that the spin that maybe not maybe not Enema for me personally, but I think Travis really showed that he belonged in Blink-182 with the self-titled record. I think that was yeah. his his magnum opus, whereas I think Enema was just – I think it, it was just like a little overplayed. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've always thought about Travis and personally, but maybe it is like the roots of the kind of punk rock that I like. I was a Scott guy. I was always a Scott guy, man. I thought um, – I thought Dude Ranch like was just like was tight and tasteful and like don't get me wrong like did I literally I mean I, I've been a drummer since I'm seven have I you know tried to perfect playing Adam's song in every single way possible of course is playing Don't Leave Me and Dump Weed as fast as they played it on Mark Tom and Travis oh show God, probably one of the most fun things to do yeah. absolutely I can't tell you how many times like I just literally sat there with my bass drum foot just being like, don't leave me all alone. How the fuck is he doing this? And it's just like, and there's just such beauty to it. But something about like Josie and A New Hope and Emo and like those songs on Dude Ranch, man, just like, I I can't get over them. And again, you know, Travis is fantastic. All of the spin that he's put on, all the great records he's played on, you know, between Blink, Boxcar Racer, and, um, uh, the, the band he was in with uh, the dudes from Rancid that I can't think of the name of. Uh, uh, fucking Transplants. That's the one. Yep. And then, you know, even like the work he did with, you know, like MGK and all, like all, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, God bless him, man. But um, as far as like music, musicianship is concerned, like they led the way. They really did. And, mm-hmm. you know, say what you want about Tom, you know, Tom DeLong as he got a little bit older and weirder, you know, <laughs> he just got weird. But, um, I I also enjoyed, you know, Skiba Blink, and I still do. I think California is a dope record. Uh, I never got, is very never got underrated. Nine, never got into nine, but California was a dope record. And, I mean, I've been a trio fan mm-hmm. as long as I can remember. So getting to hear Matt sing harmonies with, with Mark, I, that's just, like, the coolest thing to me. That's the coolest thing. So Blink being the, the band that you guys hung your hat on, hell yeah. That's I, th- I think that's perfect. Um, wh- why not? Favorite Blink song of all time? Tricky question. That's such a tricky. I- I'm gonna say first date. Love it. Uh, Great. For like I I spin uh, I spin our our local emo night, and uh, that's just the fucking jam, man. That's like oh, yeah. it's it's the perfect it's the perfect jam. It's not like the song you expect to be mm-hmm. like the song that you're gonna hear. But it's the song that like everybody fucking everybody still fucking knows. So it's like it's kind of like it's not the A track, like it's not rock show, it's not what's my age again, it's not yep. Yep. Uh, all the small things. It's mm-hmm. just like under uh that that drum fill at the beginning, that bridge with the fucking drum yep. hi hat, yeah. um, the chorus, like 
that silly fucking seventies video. Oh, like, so good. So there's, good. There's not there's nothing I don't like about that song. And that. all the memories associated to that song, like it's 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 to me it's the perfect blink song. Hell yeah. What about you, Joe? To me it's probably Josie. See, yeah. dude, that cool. that is that is my favorite Blink 182 really? song. Hands down, Josie. I've I, I think almost I've been in probably four or five bands in my life. I think every band I've been in with the sec with the exception of like the post hardcore band I was in, cause it wouldn't make much sense. Although uh, one time at a show, our singer uh, without telling anybody got super drunk and just sang uh, the opening to roller coaster before we started <laughs> a song for no reason. He just yelled it into the what is going on here. It was great though. I uh, loved it. But every band that I've been in has played Josie. I think it's one of the most, one of those fun songs to play. I started a Josie sing-along when I was really drunk on a boat in Tampa Bay, like six months ago. Um, like truth, truthfully great and great video too. Alyssa Milano. I mean like yes. Come on. Yes. Come on. incredible band, but I, I really hope that that blink is one of those bands who they never, they never quite give it up. I was, to be honest, you know, when, when Mark went through his cancer scare, which, you know, yeah, thank yeah. heavens that he, he's, he's in remission now. I really thought that that was going to be it. But what I also mm -hmm. thought was when Mark went through this scare, I thought that if it was going to be it, I thought that this was going to be at least the time where Mark and Tom just kind of put it all aside and say, let's just do it one more time for the kids, you know, and that yeah. could still happen. And I really do feel like it's, it's on the horizon. I, I, I'm saying it. I'm calling it 2023 Blinkway tour with Skiba and Tom DeLonge. That would be fucking gnarly. How yeah. sick would that be? Give me that. that Give nuts. me that. Give me that. I, I'll. The only thing I won't do is is touch the cup about it. But give me. That. I'll do it for sure. Uh, boys, thank you so much uh, for doing this, man. This was such a blast. Um, again, uh, we, we've got Sucker Punch. we got Joe and Terry here with us. Real quick, before we shoot out, um, go ahead and just uh, drop us uh, your socials where everyone that's listening can find you guys, uh, you know, on all your different uh, platforms there. Joe. Um, we do have uh, Instagram, which is Sucker Punch MTL. Uh, we do have Facebook. You can find us. We do, we do spell Sucker Punch all in caps with uh, a, a dot at the end. Okay. How do you say it? What's a with a exclamation, exclamation point. mark? Surely. Yeah, here we go. Where you can yep. find us on TikTok, awesome. YouTube. You can find me being an asshole on TikTok. Love that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Spotify, Spotify is the number one man. We want those streams. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, want, get on there. There's labels to see those streams and mm -hmm. and and give us a, a a what's up. Hell yeah. <laughs> Get on there and make sure you're streaming the, the tunes. Keep your eyes out for new ones. And you know the drill with Spotify and Apple Music. As soon as they announce something that's coming out, make sure you pre-save that bad boy. Yeah. That helps bands so much you don't realize it. Go uh, and go support those playlists. Just go listen to them because the more you listen to playlists, the more uh, people are going to put music on them, the more of them that are going to come out. They're important. They're big for the scene. Uh, and uh, and we appreciate them. We appreciate you guys being on them. And we appreciate you guys being here, talking a little bit of, uh, of hockey with us. Uh, hopefully next uh, season, uh, you know, we'll be a little bit brighter and better for the Habs. And hopefully we can have you guys back on after you guys have had Love your that. 900 uh, 900 draft picks. You could be like, <laughs> and you can tell me about each and every one of them. I would love to hear that. 
Uh, but for, for Bar Down Breakdown, for me, Tom, uh, Mikey being absent, but I know he would have loved to have been here. Uh, but uh, we will uh, definitely get you guys on again sometime soon. We appreciate you guys so much for being on here with us. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll catch you on the other side, all right? Sick. Take Hell care, yeah. everybody. Enjoy the playoffs. I'll do my best, man. Be well.